Hi everyone! Today I am interviewing Kylie Bartlett. I have mentioned her on the previous episode and I am super excited that she was able to join me here at my home and we were able to record this special episode on social media and in particular what small businesses really need to know when it comes to social media and how to grow their business on social media. And we also talk about TikTok, uh, which I have not yet joined, but it's super exciting. And if you've enjoyed this episode please leave a five-star review on Spotify or iTunes and make sure you subscribe so that you get alerts when a new episode is released. All right, enjoy the show. Let's get to it. another episode of Fall in Love with Your Business Again. I'm excited to have Kylie Bartlett on my show today. Kylie is best known as the self-driven businesswoman, an international public speaker, and a published author of the book called Facebook Friends with Benefits. And she thrives on sharing her unique take on social media and the strategies required to succeed in the new economy. Kylie is better known these days as the web celeb. (laughs) helping startups, small businesses, and corporates to become web famous in their industry. Kali has trained, coached, and inspired more than a thousand businesses globally on how to become socially savvy on the web. She has appeared on numerous Australian television and radio broadcasts, including The Today Show, 9am Show, 3MP, uh, appeared in many Australian newspapers, magazine publications, including The Sunday Herald Sun, Dynamic Business Magazine, Australian Banking and Finance Magazine, to name a few. And she recently founded the Digital Talent Group. Uh, They're a boutique social media marketing agency specializing in premium content and social media management services for small businesses. They're also an education provider offering training services for students and stay-at-home moms who are looking to get certified in social media marketing. They pretty much buddy up students with small businesses who need assistance with social media. Wow, I think it's time to get started. <laughs> what, a, what an introduction. Welcome, Kylie. I can sit here and listen to that all day, maybe so pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. It's a good summary. Yeah, nice summary. Uh, so, Kylie, can you add to this? Is there anything that I've missed? Wow, it was pretty long and you pretty much covered everything. Yes, these days my alter ego is known as the web celeb. And I've been in social, digital, tech, startup space for about 13 years, even before it was cool. I think Facebook was two years old when I started banging on about this was going to be the future and have spent probably over a decade uh, talking on this subject. And then, as you as you pointed out, recently started my agency and then later in the year my, my training company as well. So, yeah, you've, you've <laughs> pinned it. You've, you've, you've got it down there to a T there. So that's exactly what I've been doing. Why did you... Decide on social media because that is a, such a big, big part of your background. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So uh, before this interview, we were talking about, well, I don't know if I should be admitting this because I'm going to probably <laughs> be able to work out my age, but this is my 30th year in business. Wow. I started my first company at 22, so you can work out I'll be 52 <laughs> this year. I'm clearly unemployable. I've been self-employed for 30 years. And what got me into social is that I had a registered training organization for those in Australia it's it's a private version of a TAFE 
And I started in that space in the 90s and then could see GFC coming towards the end of 2007 and thought, hmm, I think I need to get out before the GFC hit. So I put my business on the market in 2007, didn't think it would happen, sold it within three months and found myself cashed up, but the CEO of nothing. I hadn't kind of worked out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Once I'd sold my company, someone said, why don't you just jump on social and maybe you could become a specialist in that space. I went, are you serious? Back then it was MySpace and Facebook and I went, that's what kids do. Are you crazy? Don't you understand? I'm qualified in neuroscience and behavioral science. I am not going to stoop so low as to jump on those stupid platforms. And once I got over myself, I actually joined the dots and I realized very quickly that social was less about the technology and more about the psychology and it was just an evolution of the way that we communicated. And the irony is that, you know, I get a lot of business people say, what's these stupid emojis and why are we using emoticons in our communication? I'm like, well, tell it to the Egyptians that were putting them in the pyramids back thousands of years ago. And so once I got over myself and realized it was just an evolution of the way that we communicate, I went, this is going to be the next big thing. And so I guess from 2007 until now, I've spent the majority of my time and my career in building businesses around social media so that I could help businesses find their voice, amplify their brand and find more customers. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. Now social media has changed so much since you've started. It really has because it was quite a recreational thing that we did as a hobby. Mm. And, of course, us business people can't help ourselves. We saw the business opportunity and we evolved the platforms. And I guess that's when Instagram and Snapchat and recently TikTok have come onto the market. But it has come a long way rather than it just being a platform for communicating in your dormitory at uni, which is where Zuckerberg (laughs) started Facebook. It's very much matured and now has become its own country, really. It's become its own unique organism that, look, it's changing governments, it's banning governments, (laughs) it's banning Trump. So it's it's a pretty powerful platform to be on. Yeah. Um, And now it's coming up with new um, social media channels. I don't even have... TikTok on my phone, but I get clients telling me that they're getting leads from TikTok uh, and their kids are not using Facebook anymore. And so what do you think is happening with the social media? It's really fascinating you bring up TikTok and I'm not sure that I should disclose this whilst I'm going to. I'm on TikTok three hours a day and now I'm not on TikTok three hours a day actually creating content or, or videos. I'm on there wearing two hats. One hat joy. I just love it because it's so joyful and it's user generated. And secondly, as a businesswoman, how is it that I can incorporate it into my business and help my clients? And you're spot on. Kids are like, even Instagram's so last Tuesday for kids, (laughs) you know, like they're now on TikTok and are using it as their chosen platform. So I guess when I'm sitting down and talking with clients and they go, what should I be on? I say, you're asking the wrong question. It's where is your clients? Where are they? Where's your target market? Where are they hanging out? What sandpit are they playing in? And it's more about what where they are and less about what you want. Mm-hmm. And so, again, if it's a business-to-business client, I'm talking about LinkedIn. If it's more of that baby boomer, I'm going Facebook. If it's more Gen Y, Gen Z, then I'm definitely talking about Instagram and TikTok. So I guess this has to be reverse engineered and around where's your target market, And what is it that you can do to be in front of them? So you basically, as a business owner, you don't have to be on all the platforms. 
You're spot on. And I'm a big believer in, and I'm giving your listeners permission, do one incredibly well than all of them averagely. So it, it's it's building up that muscle, I guess, as well. Like do one of them really well so you know it inside out, upside down, back to front, and you're getting some traction with it. That gives you the competence and confidence to then delve into another platform. But trying to be good across all of them is exhausting. It's a scattergun approach and I'd rather you do one of them well. So I'm giving you permission just to do one. <laughs> what do you think business owners do wrong when it comes to social media? What I think they do wrong is more about what they do wrong in business than what they do wrong in social because what ends up happening is they bring bad habits from their business across into social. So I see it time and time again. In 30 years of being in business, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, startups uh, that – have got this great idea and they put all their energy and passion and enthusiasm and time into building a business or a brand or a product, but haven't put time aside to market it. And it's like, you can't sell a secret. <laughs> if people don't know it doesn't, if they don't know it exists, then how can they buy it from you? And so my advice is, sure, build out a product, build out a business, build out a service, but allocate some funds towards letting people know it exists. You know, you could ha be writing the best song in the world that could be a number one bestseller, but if you're only singing to yourself in the shower, then it's tormenting and excruciating because you haven't got the funds put aside to actually then market your business. Mm -hmm. And social media, whilst used to be a very free, organic platform, it's now a pay-to-play. If you want to grow your business on social, you need to have a budget to be able to do some advertising. So advertising and organic, so paid, organic. Very big difference. So I still believe that organic has a place, but it has a place in new platforms. Like I think you can still get great cut through and traction and amplification through organic on TikTok and Instagram Reels and Facebook Reels because they're new, I guess they're new uh, functions within those platforms. But when you're wanting to put something in the news feed, you need to throw an ad behind it mm -hmm. or else it's just going to get caught up no one's going to see it and the algorithms won't pick it up. It really is. It's like you want to advertise on a billboard. You have to pay for it. You want to advertise in the paper. You've got to pay for it. And so those platforms now, are like you want, you want access to the millions and billions of users on Facebook and Instagram. Well, you're going to pay to get access yeah. to them. But, but I, but I still believe that organic has a place. So I'm a big believer in a phased approach. Dip your toe in, do organic really well, build some consistency, some momentum, get your presence up, show there's life on Mars, that you've got some consistency on your news feeds and then go into a paid advertised campaign. You know, going into a campaign paid prior to having organic content, consumers are very educated these days. They're going to go check you out and if your house looks like it's higgledy-piggledy or it hasn't had any love or attention for months and weeks, then you're wasting money on an ad because your brand is not consistent. So do organic well for 60, 90 days and then launch into a paid ad campaign. Oh, I really love that advice. <laughs> I might take that. Yeah. We only do organic here uh, and I, I'm about to start paid and it's really good advice. Too. Yeah, and it's just like what I'd like you to think about is that social in and of itself is not the be all end or it is a part of a big ecosystem. And I guess the example I could give you is that the role of social is to just think of it like a bar. You're at a bar and you're talking to someone mm -hmm. and then you buy them a drink and you're getting along well and then you want to invite them home for a nightcap to your house. But they come home and your bed's not made and there's dishes in the sink and there's no furniture. That date 
go straight back to the bar to find someone else. And so what I mean by taking them back to your home, your website, your mothership plays such a significant role because social's role is to drive traffic to your website to, to make a sale or to subscribe to your database or whatever it might be. But can you appreciate that if you're driving traffic to your website and it's so old-fashioned or it's not up-to-date or it's not mobile-friendly, then you're wasting a lot of your efforts in social. So they have to work hand-in-hand. So if I go back in time, so 30 years ago... (laughs) You weren't even born, probably. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I was born. (laughs) I'm not that far off from your age. (laughs) Uh, But 30 years of being in business, uh, you've seen it all. You've you've experienced everything, that every challenge is that, most of our, you know, listeners will be going through even, I mean, mm. pandemic is one mm. really big new challenge. But what is the biggest challenge that you've had and that you had to overcome as a business owner? I think life and business comes in stages. This is not the first challenge that we've had. If I look back to being in business 30 years, oh, wow, there's been, you know, highs and lows. I went through the global financial crisis in the late 80s and then again in 2008 and now with COVID. And to be really honest with you, I've done my best business or been my most successful through adversity. I guess my personality is suited around when there's pain or people are going through some kind of challenges, what is it that I can offer value add to help take away some of that pain. And if you look, it's interesting, if you look back to the gold rush era and all of those miners out there that were digging for gold, they weren't the ones that made the money. It was the people that made the pans that were selling them to the gold, to the miners. And so that that's kind of the, the philosophy I use. So rather than perish through a pandemic or a crisis, how can I prosper? How can I look at where there's pain? And what can I do to add value to relieve some of that? And, and I, there's a great saying around sometimes necessity is the is the new invention. When there is a necessity, some of us will perish and some will prosper. And it's sit down and have a look at what it is that you can do to relieve some of that pain and, and the prosper will come as a result of it. Yeah. Did you not start the um, is it digital um, talent group? Mm. Was it started just before the pandemic? In the pandemic. In the pandemic. So this is the crazy thing. So so my background for the last I guess fourteen years has been in international speaking, published author, thought leader in that social strategy digital space, and I had this crazy idea when I turned fifty that I'd like to combine my two lives. And my previous life was in training and education, and my current life is in social, and so I came up with this crazy idea is imagine if I started an RTO again, a TAFE, specialising in qualifications, certificates in social media marketing and trained up at born digital youth who don't have the business acumen but have the digital skills, if I could train them up in how to do social and digital and then hire them out to small businesses who had no clue, had business acumen but had no digital skills. So it was this great dream of an ecosystem of combining digital youth digital natives with digital immigrants to create this business model. So here we are, it's 2020. I'm on stage in Sydney, February 2020, looking to raise 1.5 million in capital to launch this social enterprise around helping the, the unemployed youth. And then bang, literally the week later, COVID hit. So all investors did a runner. They didn't know what was going to happen with their spare cash. And so what ended up happening, though, is that these businesses that were, I was dragging into social saying, you've got to do it, all of a sudden said, our business doors, our brick and mortar doors are closed. 
We now think that social is what's going to keep us front of mind where we can tell people that we're doing, you know, click and collect or home deliveries. We now need social to show that we still exist, even though our brick and mortar business isn't open. So we started our agency in March, in the first lockdown 2020, and we are now growing month on month. I'm now about to put on my fourth full-time staff member within the agency arm of the business. So again, had not a dream in the world of starting the agency. It was to start the, the social impact with the, the RTO, but it was through a need that small businesses were scared. They were worried about losing their livelihoods. And so we launched our digital talent group, the agency arm of the business in COVID. And as I said, now small businesses are prospering. We've got some businesses that have never gone back to opening their brick and mortar. They're now pure e-com, uh, making more money than they ever did because their profits are higher because they haven't got the overheads. And this is as a result of COVID, which I would never have started that arm of the business had it not been. So yes, Digital <laughs> Talent Group was born, was a COVID baby. <laughs> a COVID baby, yeah. <laughs> so you can start an, uh, an empire. You absolutely can. And I like the word empire. We now have a business that has no geographical boundaries. We've got clients in New Zealand. We've got clients in America that we now, we don't have to physically be somewhere. We can be offering our digital social media management services to anyone in the world and our team are not all necessarily physically based in Melbourne. They also can be global. So, yeah, it, it shows that you can do anything. So many opportunities. And massive opportunities, yeah. And I love the idea that you guys are uh, helping the young generation um, with these skills and and helping business owners. How did you come up with that idea? Like, Well, I guess myself, and I'm not sure you even know this. I don't know that I've even shared this with you. I was a homeless kid, teenager at 18, and it was through doing a lot of personal development and professional development that I understood that <clears throat> so if it's going to be, it's up to me and that my mind was the only thing getting in my way. And so once I unleashed my entrepreneurism, I then have always had a burning desire to help the kids that I wish I found me when I was that age. And so I guess when I turned 50, kind of quarter of the way through my life, I'm hoping there's going to be some kind of artificial intelligence that's going to keep me alive till <laughs> 200. And so in my 50th, I went, what legacy do I want to leave? And the legacy I want to leave is that that the digital youth, they have incredible talents. They just are misunderstood. They're born digital. They want to be inspired. They want to work in a digital space. But imagine if I could team them up with business people that don't have the digital skills that they could share both of their talents and collectively together could help their own individual needs, but also the whole economy will prosper as a result of marrying the two partners. It's a big vision. (laughs) It's a massive vision, and and I think it's doable. I just think that I want to be the facilitator, the conduit that brings business people and our digital youth together, and they share their both unique qualities, and when combined, synergy happens, and then everyone Mm. prospers as a result of it. And I, I guess also, if I could just finish on very passionate about it, is that there's no discrimination then. We, you know, we call them digital tradies, not blue collar, not white collar, but digital no collar. We don't care what people look like, their denomination, their sexual preference. And that whole bias is taken away when you work digitally because people don't need to see you and judge you. All they can do is see the outcome of it. And that is your talent mm-hmm. rather than on your appearance or what sex you might be or your denomination or color or where you come from or your male or female. And that to me is powerful when you take away that discrimination mm-hmm. as well. Wow. That's really big. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. 
so uh, so with um, the type of clients that you guys help with, who do you work with typically? It's typically, you know, we call it the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. So it's it's the brick and mortar businesses. Predominantly at the moment, we've got a lot of business to consumer, so a lot in the beauty, in the retail, in the hospitality, tourism. But we also work with a lot of business to business. We're doing a lot of work in real estate with companies that have got real estate products. We're working with um, builders, commercial joinery companies. So anyone that is looking to build their thought leadership, build their business, uh, amplify their product offering, but it is predominantly small business. We're, we're too nimble and too hustlers to work with corporate. <laughs> so we're better off in that small to medium enterprise where that business owner wants to play a proactive role in their social media strategy, but big enough to have the budget to realize that they mm. need to outsource it. Mm. So yeah, that's yeah really the retailer, the hospitality, the travel, tourism, mm. e-com, yeah. that, that they're, they're, be- they're getting the best results in social. Oh, wow. E-commerce. E-commerce businesses that are, again... It's booming, isn't it? The pandemic, Absolutely, it's booming. And it's also extending the shelf life of a lot of our retail clients who now have both. You can walk into their store and buy products, but you can also then have the opportunity to buy it online. So it's those businesses that are looking to have a diverse product offering where you don't have to go and see them anymore. You can buy online and they know they need social to be able to then amplify that e-com offering. And uh, we've seen it also from our end with beauticians, for example, when yeah. pandemic happened. Your doors are closed. You have nothing. Yeah. You can't really do things that you normally do. You can't get an income. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are going online. So we've helped a lot of them online. And and have stayed online. Like I yes. watched a lot. I mean, we both work a lot with the beauty industry. And I watched a lot. Really, they did, again, using the word pivot. I saw some beauty salons that were doing do-it-yourself, how to take your acrylic nails off or do-it-yourself eyebrows or eyelashes or home tanning rather than going in and getting a tan. And the irony is now their salons are open, those clients are still doing it yourself at home, so it's given them another revenue stream that they didn't have prior to the pandemic. Mm. Who do you think in this industry or maybe beauty industry or any industry, who do you think is doing really well with their social media? As in a business or a niche? A business. You know, this, uh, and this is, I've got to thank TikTok for it. What I love about TikTok, for me, it is so joyful and it's user generated and it's curated by the community, not curated by the big corporates. And I'm seeing so many startups that are using TikTok to share the journey. And what I, for those of you not on TikTok, just go check it out purely from a market research. And I now follow a lot of startups and they share the journey of them working literally in their bedroom to their garage to getting a warehouse. And I feel like I've been a part of that brand's journey. So there's a skincare product that I think they're based on the Sunshine Coast called Tribe Skincare. I've watched them start from literally half a dozen followers on TikTok to tens of thousands and now they're their e-commerce business they're employing people have got a commercial um, premises now so for me it's those young kids that are doing incredibly well using tiktok to build t-shirt businesses or uh, so if you're looking to to for opportunities of how to grow a business i believe that tiktok at the moment mm-hmm. is the way to go if you don't even want to jump on it just go there to see what the young ones are doing and how they're using that platform to literally start a business in their bedroom mm. What about Clubhouse? That's a new... Interesting. I have had that many invitations to go on to Clubhouse and 
I guess the conversation that we had a bit earlier was I'd rather do something well than do all of them averagely. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think Clubhouse has got got merit because it's it's audio social media. Uh, again, but it's horses for courses. It's like if you if you target market aren't on Clubhouse, then why would you go to that club? Mm-hmm. I'm going to clubs where my target market are and where my clients' target markets are so I can then advise them uh, with confidence because I'm researching where their target market mm-hmm. is so I can look at them and go, this is where you, the platform that mm-hmm. you need to be on. So got a lot of people playing on Clubhouse, not sure how much work they're getting done or how much money they're making in their own businesses, but I'll let other people mm-hmm. go and explore Clubhouse. For me, it's not where my attention is yeah. at the moment. Uh, what advice do you have for people who are hesitant to be on social media? Yeah, this is the question. I get a lot in the beauty industry. I get a lot of clients going, oh, I don't want to go on social. I'm a plastic surgeon. Get out of the way of a woman who doesn't like her nose job or a boob job or a fillers or a Botox. And here's my answer to that. They're on there anyway. So if you're not on there to answer that negative testimonial or negative review, you can't contain that bushfire because you're not in there knowing that the conversation's happening. So they're having it anyway. So wouldn't you rather be in there and be able to proactively respond, but also then have all the hundreds of people love what you do, give a good testimonial. You not being on there does not stop them from saying negative things. They're just going to say it on their own Facebook or their own Instagram, and you're not a part of that conversation. It's like, here's what I say. People will say to me, what's the return on investment for having social? And I'm like, what's your return on investment having a mobile phone? Do you ask Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, Before you get a data plan or before you buy a mobile number, what's the return? You don't ask it, but I ask the question of how long would you stay in business without a mobile and without an email? And so I'm telling you now that that's going to be the same thing. How long will you stay in business without having social? Because, again, it's just an evolution of the way that we communicate. Yeah. So hesitant, you, you can take your time getting on there, but the tsunami is breaking and it's going to take a lot more effort and money to grab eyeballs the longer you leave it. I think so. I have personally, I've always had this love-hate relationship with social media. I really like social media for business, but for personal life, it just robs you from your precious time. Yeah, and I... that's why I have this like hate. And every time I'm on social on my phone, uh, you can guarantee that I'm either checking my Facebook, scrolling down the news feed. Yeah. And these days, I often see ads. Yes. And groups featuring more often on Facebook uh, because I'm, you know, that old. Because <laughs> I am on Instagram, but I think that's going to also change. TikTok's going to overtake that. Uh, but yeah, on Facebook, uh, things like my friends, I'm not seeing anything. That yeah. connection that I had from my family or friends, it's not yeah. showing up on newsfeed as often. So it kind of feels like a I commercial. Love yes. Uh, Facebook is out there just to sell me something. And do I trust Facebook? Uh, and I don't know if it maybe I'm losing trust in Facebook yeah. and those type of platforms. But that's my like. The algorithm, algorithms have just been upgraded in Facebook to, to combat that very love hate relationship you're having where in the future, it hasn't rolled out in Australia, you'll be able to set up your Facebook news feed of what you want to see. So you'll be able to say, I want to see family and friends, or these are the brands I want to show up. I don't want to see, I want to see less of that. I mean, you can put ad blockers on so you don't see any ads on Facebook as well. So it's going to be a lot more tailored to what you want to see as opposed to those that are paying the big bucks for the ads. Mm. So it is changing because I think Facebook is also a bit worried about the eyeballs going to platforms like TikTok 
and eventually TikTok, no doubt, will go down that path. But, yeah, the, mm. it, the, at the end of the day, these platforms are only as good as the community and I think now the power's got to be put back into yeah. the community or we'll just see it no different than to, to seeing well, ads. Well, recently did Apple, um, you know, have an update on their phones where they blocked all yes. of these cookie tracking. And That's right. Which is uh, very important for Facebook. Yeah, but then if I could flip it and kind of challenge you on your thinking that, you know, if I'm searching to buy something and then they put a, you know, retarget me and put a little chip, you know, like a little um, tracking device on me where ads come up, I don't mind it because it's an efficient way of me now having things I want to buy come up in my newsfeed as opposed to me sitting on Google doing my own searches. So go and put a cookie on me and track me because then I can have it in my newsfeed and I can do my due diligence without me having to go out there searching You can eat your cookies. I can eat my cookies. <laughs> I can have my cookie and eat it too. That's a good one. I like that. Yes, I can eat my cookies. Oh, oh thank you so much, Kylie. I think I've got uh, enough out of you. <laughs> um, what? Where can our listeners go and check you out? Do you have anything special for them? Or you know what? I'm not got no steak knives up my sleeve. But if you're looking for some advice or some assistance or just some clues around how to jump into social. By all means, go across to digitaltalentgroup.com.au and hit me up for a free chat on the phone or you can follow my alter ego brand, which is the web celeb, which is all over socials. But, yeah, more in my agency is the digitaltalentgroup.com.au. Digital and we do have listeners all over the world. So you, you mentioned that you help global. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we've just broken into the US and so that we're really excited about that because they're – a big market for us and again we were able to prove that we don't need to physically be in a location to be able to deliver a service yeah that's true thank you so much kylie my pleasure looking forward to uh, staying connected and getting you over onto tiktok that's going to be my challenge for you <laughs> yes thank you <laughs>